up on the harmonies there who cares because we got the words right i know that we had sang that song previously in the middle of a podcast and didn't know the words so we did everybody a justice and learned the words <laughs> because this is american brews and tunes here's a theme song you know it's not a mean song it's a good song just as it should song american brews and tunes we're back. We're back. Holy crap. Holy crap is right. We're back. My name is Steven Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And you're listening to episode number 65 of American what? Brews and Tunes. Is that the age where seniors get discounts? I'm not really sure. Or is it sure. 55? I think it might be 55. I don't really know. I think so, because I think my dad gets a senior discount now. Yeah. You know the AARP? Yeah. I got a letter in the mail to join AARP once. Really? <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> They're like, come join. They're like, hey, the good old ARP. The good old ARP. I was like, I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait till I'm of age. Not yet, sirs or madams. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not to that point in my life yet. I wasn't, so I I declined. It was a it was a generous <laughs> offer, but I, I was it for like life insurance or something. Just to join them, I don't really know what it was for. Life what is insurance. ARP? Is it an insurance? Life insurance. Company? I think they've got health insurance, maybe car insurance. Benefits for old people. Benefits for old Pretty people. Much. Discounts and stuff. Hmm. I would like my ARP discount at the Taco Bell. <laughs> at the Taco Bell? No, probably at like a, a local diner. Like there's this diner in Newport, Minnesota called mm-hmm. the North Pole, and whenever <laughs> I would go there. It would always be at least like half the customers would be old people. I think in the morning. I think it's probably for Taco. They just go to places early though. Yeah, I think Taco Bell probably accepts accepts them. They're probably like, yes, I'd like my low sodium bean and cheese burrito. <laughs> Try to keep the cholesterol down. ARP. ARP. <laughs> it could be an ad for ARP right yeah, there. Yeah, that's a terrible ad. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this is episode number 65. Yeah. Last week we, was a uh, one-off. We reviewed Frank Turner's most recent album, Be More Kind. What a great album. It is a great album. And we had the Goose Island Bourbon County Empty brand... brand v- Orange Midnight. Mi- Midnight, Midnight Orange. Midnight Orange. <laughs> Midnight Orange. Stop. That's what it was. Uh, but this week, we're back to our regular format episodes where mm-hmm. Jesse had recommended an album for me, and I have recommended an album for him. Woo-hoo. For the past uh, two weeks or so, however long two we want to measure... Yeah. I have been listening to Trouble Will Find Me by the band The National. Yeah, and I've been listening to Louder Now by the band Taking Back Sunday. Two very different but very American bands. Very different bands. Yeah. Uh, The albums aren't that far off. Well, I guess they they fell within 10 years of each other around, give or take. Yeah, that one came out in 2013, and Taking Back Sunday was like 2006. Six? I don't know. So it was so, like mid two thousands. I think it was two thousand six. Yeah. But anyways, they're uh, they're very different, but uh, quite different. I'm excited to see where we go with this. Yeah. Uh, and like a, all regularly formatted episodes, we have different beers. What are you Heck trying yeah, this week, we Jesse? Do. I'm gonna give this beer from Blackberry Farm Brewery a try. Blackberry Farm Brewery. <laughs> it's called uh, Boundary Tree Hoppy Belgian Style Ale. So I'm looking forward to some nice citrusy notes. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, this says, a soft bitterness reminiscent of orange marmalade. If you've ever had orange marmalade, that normally means it has like a little orange rind in it, right? Isn't that what marm- like fruit marmalade is? Marmalades usually have little chunks of rind, little chunks in, of them, rind yeah. in it. So I, I'm not too, I don't really like marmalade that much. I think it's too bitter. So hopefully it's not bitter like that. Um, but it says balances, well, sorry, a soft bitterness reminiscent of orange marmalade balances delicate spice notes that result from a warm fermentation. It's clocking in at 6.5%. And it does not give me the IBUs. But maybe Untapped will. Untapped is more likely to give them to you. It doesn't. Wait. But that's that's a, a local uh, Tennessee brewery, Black, Blackberry Farms. Is it? Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. Maryville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So we're both drinking local today. Ooh. While you had that, today I'm having a Nashville brew from Tailgate Brewery. Nice. We've had stuff from their pod, their uh, brewery before. I was gonna say from their podcast. <laughs> from their podcast. You know what I meant. I've had we. I think we both have tried some of their. Yeah. At least I have. I don't know about you. What you mean, just in general, or on the podcast? On the podcast. I don't know if I ever have on the podcast, but I have. not oh no, I have the grapefruit one. Yes. Grapefruit IPA. We had that when we were. That one was those, a long time ago. Those EPs. Yes. Or little cans and little, little albums. Cans. <laughs> Even though right now I also have a little can. I don't have a big bomber, and it's just a. That's normal okay. size, twelve ounce can. It can be a, a bomber to everyone out in the world. They can't see. Yeah, I lied. But we, This isn't a bomber. We're honest on this podcast. <laughs> I'm all about honesty. You Who's can call me? me Honest Steve if you want. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm having a hazy IPA from, from uh, Tailgate Brewery, and it's called Bat Building. If you live in Nashville... You know what building they're referring to. Yeah, for everyone that. who's not from Nashville or who hasn't been to Nashville or knows nothing about Nashville, it, it's uh, a big skyscraper downtown, the AT&T building, but it's got two points, and it kind of looks like Batman's head. Yeah, like, it, I mean, I guess it does, yeah, but I always think about the Eye of Sauron. The Eye of Sauron, which uh, it very well could be as well. But I get why they say the Bat building now. Yeah. Um, it's not super-duper fresh. It looks like it was released... At the end of November, so it's a couple months old, which so it's not as old as it's I was thinking bad. it was, um, but it's not brand spanking new fresh. So um, yeah. I don't think it's going to taste as bright as it could, but it's not we'll old. We'll see. Yeah, There's I'm, only I'm one way to it. find out. Yeah, I don't know the IBUs, but I do know that it clocks in at 6.9%. Oh. Um, so it's ever so slightly higher higher grav than... Uh, than the one I'm trying. Than what's legally considered higher grav at some point in time. Oh, right, yeah. What was it? It was 6.6% or something. 6.1% was what they initially called higher grav in Tennessee, but so they switched weird. it to 10.1%, I think. Yeah. I just cracked my brew without announcing it. Sorry. So did I. But normally I'm like, shall we crack our brews? <laughs> I took a li- wanna... I took, I took a liberty and just called one and went you... for it. Oh, this is a nice color. It's like a, I don't know, kind of like a golden bronze. Now, for some reason, unbeknownst to me, I forgot to pay attention when you were saying what style of beer yours was. Yeah. Um, what style guess? is it again? <laughs> Can you guess? I, remember, I think I heard Belgian, but that's all I heard. Can you guess? Uh, based on the color, it, it's pretty amber colored. Yep. Um, Quite bubbly. It's clear too. and bubbly. Is it a Saison? No. It's just a hoppy Belgian style. Just a hoppy Belgian. So, yeah. hoppy Belgian. That could could be a Belgian IPA maybe, or like, just a Belgian style ale. It smells hops. like a Belgian Belgian style beer. Mine looks a little lighter than yours, but not too far off. And it's didn't just say it was a hazy one. That's what it says on the can, but it doesn't look very hazy. It's pretty, no, it's pretty, pretty clear. see-through. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it was mislabeled by the brewery. Maybe they just could be. Maybe they screwed my can up. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> just, just your can. That yeah, one can that you it's bought. It's possible. I yeah. guess it is. Yeah. Sure. Now, 
I'm looking at some pictures of, that people have checked in of this beer on Untapped. Yeah. From the brewery, and other people's pictures look a little hazier that than looks, what I have. Looks similar. It could just be the camera or something. It could be. Or even if you look at the... the that one looks a lot yeah. hazier. So, mine's a light amber, like a dark straw colored. Like I said, not hazy, but it's got a pretty good head on it. Both of ours yeah, do. Yeah, they're, uh, they're kind of sticking around. Mine is not going with away. With a bunch either. of different size bubbles, which I hear is a good thing if you have like a... Right, All yeah, kinds yeah. of different size bubbles. Mine's got a bunch of little pockets. Yeah. It looks like someone dribbled like marbles in there. Or marmalade. Or marmalade. <laughs> what do you say we give these a uh, cheers and give them a try? Let's do that. As we always say on American Brews and Tunes. Shit. Down the hatch. Mmm. This is actually quite delicious. It's, it's, nice. you know how when you walk into Bearded Iris Brewery, you get that s- smell of Bearded Iris beer? Mm-hmm. It kind of tastes like that a little bit. Really? Not hazy like their beer is, but it just, it has, it tastes kind of fresh and it's got a real clean, fruity, crisp hop. Huh. It's, this is nice. Interesting. Uh, give it a taste and see if you would agree okay. with me. It might not necessarily be 100% onto that, but that was my very first taste. Almost kind of reminisced me of that. Wow. Pretty good. You're not lying. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It smells like... It smells. It tastes like a hop smells. Yes. Pretty it's, much. It's good. I'm pleasantly surprised by this. It's that, that's kind of weird, right? Yes. Like thinking about the smell, but like the smell and the taste both connect. Like it... it not always the case, but... It's just, it's strange to think about that. It is. Um, I mean, they, they are were, very related, smells and tastes, of course. That's true. Uh, so they were not lying about this kind of having a marmalade-like bitterness. Because that, that actually does ring true to what the type of bitterness that they have achieved with this beer. How would you like say, like how marmalade is it? Is it? Like, it's just it's just that bitterness of a marmalade. If you've had a marmalade before and like you get a little little like say you had an orange marmalade, and you get just a little bit of orange rind in a in a in a bite. Yeah, that's what the bitterness tastes like. It's interesting. Not sure if it's my favorite, but it's definitely interesting. Would you have it again? A more important question. Yes. I got a six pack of it. So, so you'll yeah. have to. Unfortunately, I Why only got a single a of shot? mine. I, I just thought the can was cool and it made me laugh. <laughs> um, I would I would get this again, actually. I think it's a really delicious, crisp, clean, tasty hop. Yeah. On that, that uh, flavor profile. Same here. Easy drinking. I would, I, I, would get, I would avidly seek this out. Um, let me see what I think of yours. Do it up. I do. Your these bubbles are really, really tiny. They're going. Um, it's a bubbling and a brewing. Definitely Belgian. Yeah. Um, do you see what I mean about the the rindiness of that bitterness? A little bit, but it's not too over the top. No, it's just very subtle that bitterness. I think it's balanced fairly well. I think so too. It's very nice. It was true to what they said in the can. I'd be happy drinking that. Oh, the bitterness link uh, kind of comes back in the the aftertaste. Yeah. That's where that. That's that where that, bitter, that, and it that tastes rindy, like a rind. Rind yeah. bitterness comes from. Not bad. I kind of like They're both it. pretty good. Yeah. yeah I'm satisfied. I'm Not always the case. These beers. But yeah, these are both good. I would have them both again. That is a tasty beverage. Now, uh, as always, if these uh, flavor profiles change, change to us as they warm up, we'll let you know. Otherwise, yeah. let's dive into some tunes, shall we? Let's do it. Let's hit that diving board and dive right in. Why don't we just jump right into the pool of sound Hold waves? Up. Hold up. This is a three feet pool. There is no diving. <laughs> All let's, right. Dip I'll our toes wade in, into in it. Wade. Yes. Let's wade in gently. 
before we do that, um, the liquor store that I went to today to buy this beer, uh, it was a new one in Lebanon whenever I was coming back from work. And the guy who was behind the counter had had a southern accent like how um like if you do a southern accent but just don't really open your mouth very wide I don't know that's the type of that's how he talked yeah he was like how's it going man i was like like, oh i'm doing well sir you got to answer him with the same accent so he understands (laughs) i'm going bro that just just popped in my head though (laughs) i thought that was pretty funny oh goodness gracious oh southern accents anyway i'm going to start it off this week with the album louder now by taking back sunday uh, this album, I believe it came out in 2006. Mm-hmm. And is it emo? Is that the correct f- word to describe it? Yes, this it would doesn't, fit into that like that 2000s emo. It doesn't seem as emo as other stuff that I've heard, though. If you would check out their first two albums, you might you might say it line, lines up with that. Uh, like the three big emo bands that I'd, I would say that came out of the New York area or whatever. I, I think Taking Back Sunday came from there, but it was them... Uh, the movie life that was Vinnie Caruana's first band, mm-hmm. they were a big one, or brand new. Mm. And all controversies aside, <laughs> yeah. brand new would be my favorite. I, I yeah. have a lot of problems with them now. Yeah, same here. Still do. Um, but, but I their think their music is good, though. Yeah, I, I think they're the best one out of there. That, but uh, that's getting into that is for another podcast. Yeah, uh, we'll stick with Taking Back Sunday. Yes. Um, have you listened to them ever before? I have not. I did not recognize any songs in this album as, yeah. as I listened to it. I wasn't sure that you you would have. I was, I was no, kind of curious about that. 2006 was, uh, I think I was in eighth grade mm-hmm. then, because that's four years before I graduated high school, so I'd be in eighth grade. And I was never really into the the emo or the uh, like that type of scene. Yeah, I, I get you. I, I I kind of wasn't either. Uh, I'm not as huge a fan of their first two albums. Uh, there are songs I like off of them, like some of their big ones, but uh, I really wasn't a big Taking Back Sunday fan until this album came out. This was okay when this came out was when I would watch like VH1, MTV, and Fuse, all those With TV stations that played their music not. videos. And I remember when uh, there was um, the video was for Make Damn Sure and for Liar, two of their yeah. singles from this album. I was like. Ooh, this is actually pretty good. Maybe Taking Back Sunday is a good band. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of got me started with them. Um, but I think they got better with each album that they released. And I was telling Jesse this earlier, um, but they had an album come out like two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. And I think it's their best work yet. And it's way better than Louder Now. <laughs> but I think Louder Now is their, their like the epitome of their classic sound, what people mm. would think of when they think of Taking, Taking Back, Back Sunday. Sunday. Okay. So Interesting. that's why I wanted to recommend that one for you. Um, and just a quick beer update. Yeah. Steve poured the rest of his beer into his glass. And, and now is, the sediment and haziness has come through. Yeah, I think the sediment had settled yeah, and in then the, the bottom, bottom of the and can, it's yeah. really hazy now. And now it's hazy. This is it's it's what I would expect. It's definitely not like the creaminess of a bearded iris, like that. Not that haziness. Yeah, but, but I can no longer hazy. see through the glass. Yes. Yeah. Beer update over. Yeah, we're getting into some murky waters here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> some murky beer flavored waters. Hop dog. Hop dog. <laughs> what if they made that instead of a hot dog? It was a hop dog. That would be weird. And it's just like this big. <laughs> In the shape of a hot dog, but hops. Oh, it's weird. <laughs> hop, it anyway. tastes bitter and disgusting. Yeah. And you... Whoa. <laughs> that was a terrible scooby Let me try and redeem myself. <laughs> that was a little better, but not... A little bit better. Not, not great. Anyway. Yeah, let's delve into Louder now. Um, 
I feel like if I like was into this type of music back then, mm-hmm. I would have definitely liked this album a lot and like would have continued listening to it after it like in years past my yeah. eighth grade year. Yeah. But since I didn't, this is brand new to me. No pun intended. No pun intended. So overall, I'll just give a few few of my general thoughts about their sound and if I like it or not. Um, I like it, uh, but there are a few mm. things that I'm not too fond of. Or like, like I guess, like the classic trope of like a, an emo band of that time. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, re- repetition of lyrics. Mm-hmm. So like the main guy will sing it. I can, I don't know what his name is. Adam Lazaro. Yeah, Lazaro? the main guy will sing it, and then another guy will echo it. Yeah, and like that, like is the consistency of a lot of their songs. Like basically every single one has that type of call and response. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the biggest fan of that, but it doesn't sound bad. Yeah, it's just not your favorite aesthetic to the music. Yeah, but anyway, um, I think the guitar tone on this album is really dope. Mm-hmm. Like it all, it's all like really chunky and really thick and like really defined. I guess they like dialed it in well. Like it's really sharp, and you hear it from that very first guitar part on the first yeah. song. Yeah, You're like oh, these guys aren't just using what, like a standard distortion or a whatever. They yeah, have. like they, they like they've really dialed it in. Like they, it's a really really thick yeah sound they get, and I like that. And they had this. There was a guitar player. I can't remember his last name, but his first name was Fred. I think he was only with them for this album. Oh, really? Um, but he was a killer guitar player, and then he started his own band called The Color Fred. And I was like, The Color Not Fred. A, the Color Fred instead of the Color Red. Oh. <laughs> color Fred and I was like, eh, not my cup of tea. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I just I was like, it's he like, was Meh. better with the other band. But uh, you know, you do you, Fred. You do you. Yeah. But anyway, the first track, track number one, is called "What's It Feel Like to Be a Ghost." Um, I was looking kind of for the meaning of this song, and I guess it's about getting sick on like taking too much drugs or something like that, is what some places said. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like whenever someone's sick. On drugs, they turn white like a ghost, apparently. Could be. And so I don't know if that's what the song is about, but that's what some things have said. Yeah. But basically the whole, like, the thing that they return to in the chorus is, so what's it feel like to be a ghost? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that could mean the drug thing or it could mean, like, what's it feel like to be detached from reality or, like, you know, whatever. Um, And this is one of the few songs on this album that is not about a relationship. Yeah, most emo songs tend to be about relationships or feelings in general. Yeah. Uh, usually negative. Yep. Um, sometimes ironically violent lyrics. Maybe uh, not so much in this album. Not in I'm this album, say. but I know what you mean, though. But yeah, if you listen to some of the other kind of early 2000s emo bands, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. There was um, one band. I can't remember what their, who it was. It might have been Taking Back Sun. I don't remember. Um, but like they, there was one line where it's like, like saying if you slip my throat my dying words will still be i love you as i bleed <laughs> or something like, as i bleed or i'll, I'll say I, i'm sorry for bleeding all over you it's like something you just something get like stupid this really like, like weird oh. like like uh nonsensical like gra- like graphic for no reason gratuitous for no reason yeah, yeah. but it, that's that always was kind of a turnoff for me in the music same um even though i liked the the like the melodies and the guitar tones and stuff yeah. Yeah, maybe that was the reason why I like never listened to it because like I heard some band that was like, like I heard their lyrics and I was like, why are you singing about that? Could be, <laughs> could so very weird. well be. Um. Anyway, 
That was not one of my recommendations, so I'll move on to track number two, two. which is called Liar. And in parentheses, it takes one to know one. Mm. This might be one of my favorites from the album. The song, yeah, it's very, very catchy. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, and it is a song about a relationship mm-hmm. and about how each person in the relationship is a liar, basically. Because, takes one to know one. Yeah, it takes one to know one. But the chorus is just insanely catchy. Liar, liar. If we're da-da-da-da. keeping score, yeah, then we're all quiet boys at best. Mm-hmm. Against. Yeah, yeah. And, and then guitar diets at the beginning, mm-hmm. delicious. Yep, <laughs> like the beer. You just eat them right up, mm-hmm. or drink them down. <laughs> Chug them. Yeah, but that's uh, but cool anyway, guitar parts. Yeah, and the song ends with them like screaming "liar" back mm-hmm. at each other. Liar, liar. <laughs> He's got a high. Would you? I don't know if I would say nasally, but no, it's, it's not nasally. It's a weird tone. It's just a really high voice. But and he does I, he my uh, when I think of his voice, the song that maybe maybe exemplifies it best is the next song. Yeah, which is my first recommendation. Okay, good choice. It's called "Make Damn Sure" with yeah. no spaces for some reason. Yeah, I don't really know why that, but he, the way he does his voice is kind of like. Are you gonna explain it? No, it's kind of like. We've got this new head filled up with smoke, and I got oh, yeah, my... it, he, like, it sounds like he's not opening his teeth. It's almost like he's like gritting through the lyrics, yeah. like he's and he does that a lot when he's yeah. singing in his lower register. Yeah, uh, it's a super catchy chorus, and it's a song about a relationship or one that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, um, it's about him having essentially like a crush on a girl and wanting to make damn sure that she doesn't get too far away from mm-hmm. him. Basically, I'm gonna make damn sure Ca- that you won't so ever leave me. No, you won't ever get too far from me. It's such yeah. a high voice. It's so crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, that part is insane. Yeah, but that that that's kind of like the that's kind of like the 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 trope of the whole album is that like the verses are a little bit lower and then mm-hmm. the choruses he brings out that really high register, which sounds good. I wonder what louder now means. That was from the first track, right? Yeah, they echo louder now. Louder now, louder now. Sorry to go back to that song. That's <laughs> okay. I mean, that's what the album is called. Yeah. I know so that. it's a worthy question. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Good song. Maybe just sing whatever you're singing louder, dude. <laughs> sing it loud. Sing it proud. Do whatever you're doing louder. You do you. Turn it to eleven. It goes to eleven. <laughs> yeah, but why not just go to ten? This is it. This goes guitar to goes 11. to 11. This amp goes to 11. <laughs> but why not make 10 louder? Because it goes this to 11. This has 11. 11. <laughs> it's such a good movie. It is a great movie. That's Spinal Tap for everyone who's never seen it. What yeah. are you doing with your life? Oh, I, that was a recommendation. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I said that already. Yeah, he did. Okay. Uh, track number four is called Up Against, in parentheses, Blackout. Uh, the song is also about a relationship mm-hmm. uh, and facing troubles. Like the whole... The whole line in the chorus is, so this is what, this is what we're up against. Da, 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 da. So this is what we're up against. Yeah. That's the whole basic idea of it. Yeah. Same type of guitar, same type of drums and whatnot. It's catchy. Yeah, it's a very catchy song. Um, track number five is where we get into a different type of relationship. It's called My Blue Heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's a song about uh, being in a relationship uh, an, an adulterous relationship. Ooh. Adultery. Ooh. And I guess, like, the whole idea behind this song is, like, he 
knows that it's wrong, but he like keeps coming back to it and like wants to keep doing it. Something yeah. like that. So I guess dealing with the temptations, the temptations the... of that type of relationship. Yes, yeah, I could see that. Um, not my favorite song, but it's still pretty good though. On to track number six. That's called 2020 Surgery. This is a recommendation. Oh, I'm surprised. I very much like this song. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it's about. <laughs> I think it might be have like about having 2020 vision on a certain subject. Mm-hmm. So maybe in the context of a relationship, I assume, based on the context of all the other songs. Yeah, it could be that. Um, but I really like the chorus because it almost reminds me like of an Alkaline Trio chorus. Okay. Like the way the way he sings in that song kind of reminds me of Matt Skiba's voice a little bit. I can see that. The 2020 surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely see that. So I ca- that in that song I wasn't really sure what it was about. So I based my recommendation <laughs> on the fact that I like <laughs> that it's catchy. <laughs> that's sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. The next song, however, I know what it's about. What is it? Track number seven is called Spin, and it's a song about. Uh, some reviewers from a magazine called Spin. Yep. And how, magazine. And how they like, they gave really bad reviews of their last album and like this whole controversy with someone else in their band leaving or something like that. By John Nolan. I think he was one of their founding uh, members. Who is now back. Hmm. I could be I could be misquoting who it actually was that left. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look it up right now because I'm curious. But John Nolan was one of the... One of the founding, founding members. members. And... Uh, We'll get it. I'll tell you later. Okay. Uh, but yeah, this yeah. is a good fast song. And yeah, it's a very good fast song. <laughs> but so basically uh, the song, I think like some of the lyrics are like you've lost your chance now or something you like that. lost your chance. Yeah. yeah. So like talking to the reviewers directly, basically saying like, oh, too bad you like gave us bad reviews then because now we're rocking it and you're missing out. We're rocking in your face. <laughs> Why don't you spin that? Yeah, why don't you spin that, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a good song, though. Yeah, good fast one. Uh, the next song is a quieter song. It's called Divine Intervention. Oh, a little acoustic, perhaps? A little acoustically driven song, yeah. Which is the one acoustic driven song <laughs> on the entire album. It really is. Um, but the song is about a relationship, or rather the end of a relationship. And I... This is another one of those songs where he kind of sings strangely. Yeah. Or like more with more emotion, mm-hmm. I guess is a good way to put it. A less negative way to put it. Um, I'm not really a big fan of it. Uh, and I think this is another thing that I just don't really like about that emo music is that it sounds like whiny. Yeah. But also especially his voice. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of that song. But to each his own. Uh, Track number nine is called Miami, and this is a song about a relationship. However, this time, it's about a new relationship and about how he, uh, how, like, she wants him to be really honest in this new relationship, and it's about how all his past mistakes are kind of, like, resurfacing and coming up and, like, bringing up difficulties Mm -hmm. in the relationship. Yeah, and the song is basically just about... How he doesn't want to be defined by his past mistakes, essentially. Um, and in the chorus, he says, like, Miami, 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 every hour on the hour or something like that. And then he's one of the lines he says, uh, 
he says you're like basically you're just gonna have to trust me on this one like the that person in the past is not who i am now so i thought that was a pretty good message and like an interesting message and so that's why it's a recommendation for me Oh, I'm surprised. Plus, that, it's just that really typically catchy. wasn't one of the ones that I liked as much really? in, uh, on the album, hmm. per se. Per se. Anyway, on to uh, track number 10, which is the penultimate track. Unless you're listening to the bonus or the deluxe edition, but I just listened to the regular one. Yeah, that's all you need. Uh, the, regular, or the track number 10 is called Error Colon operator this would have been my recommendation oh yeah it is it is a really really good song yeah the beginning with the bass the beginning is really really good i just love that song yeah and it's also a song about a relationship um and it's basically about how after a mistake like the the a mistake that they made in the relationship is too big to overcome, and they can't go back after that. We can't go back, can't go back, can't go back. We can't. Yeah, yeah. so catchy. So a very very simple message, but very catchy. Yeah, a lot of their lyrics are pretty simple. Yeah, they're very very fairly simple. Um, on to the last song. That's called "I'll Let You Live." Um, and this song is takes a different view on the relationship and he kind of basically says that he knows that he's the toxic one in most most of his relationships and how he like is saying i'll let you live and like break up with you because i'm the toxic one essentially i I recognize it's me not you (laughs) quite Um, literally in that sense yeah but that that was another uh another slower one Mm -hmm. so wasn't really my favorite, but yeah, mine either. Overall, the whole album was pretty good. Uh, I'll go to this analogy or metaphor, or whatever. Not metaphor. Um, if I had to choose twenty albums to bring with me on a on a road trip, I probably wouldn't pick this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, fair enough. But it's still pretty good, though. Yeah, and I'll listen to it every now and again, probably. Or check out. Actually, what I'll probably do is check out more of their stuff. I think that's probably a good choice. Yeah, we'll be exposed to some other good things. Yeah. Uh, they can be very good live. Really? Have you, uh, how many times have you seen them? Only twice. The first time I saw them was at a Warped Tour. Um, and Adam Lazaro, their lead singer, had like super long hair on a mountain man beard and a big beer belly. Really? And he was, I don't know, he was like, he was like rolling on the stage at some point and he just didn't sound super great. Um, but I also had a, they were in Nashville recently and someone went and said they were he was pretty drunk and didn't sound good really um but the last time i saw them in nashville they had just recorded their previous album their most recent one yeah and uh as soon as they get up there uh their singer adam he's looking back to his normal self thank goodness uh he said i know that when you go and see a band and they've got a new album out everyone groans when they hear like a new song and they just want to hear the old stuff and i know you're all gonna hate this but we are going to play for you our brand new album front to back because I think we would be doing you a disservice if we did not. Wow. That's uh, pretty cool. And that sold me on the album. Nice. So it was it was good. They played that and then they went away and then came back and did like another, I don't know, eight to nine old songs, which yeah. is pretty, still pretty good. Yeah. Good show. Um, I cool. thought that was a very good show. Nice. Shall we switch gears? Let's switch gears. In fact, let's switch vehicles. <clears throat> yeah, let's switch vehicles from a... From uh, a uh, Speed speeding freight train. That's kind of like a um, what's that 
that one car that I'm thinking of. I can't. A Maserati. Eclipse. What's that? That car. That car. The Mitsubishi had? Eclipse. From a Mitsubishi Eclipse <laughs> to a to a old beat up Ford. <laughs> <laughs> or a minivan. <laughs> I'm just going by that. An old, an old uh, Volkswagen uh, bus. Okay. The National is the band. Yes. Trouble will find me. The is album. the album. <laughs> uh, this was released in 2013, like we said earlier. It's their sixth release, so they've they're uh, they're pretty established in their sound. I'm assuming they mm-hmm. they've recorded quite a bit before. Yep. Um, this got them nominated for a Grammy for Best Alternative Album. They didn't win, but on their next album, which I believe is their most recently, it's called yeah. um, Sleep Well Beast. Yep. Is that right? They won that Grammy for Best yeah. Alternative Album. So, And after after I recommended this album for Steve, I listened to that album, and I was like, crap, I should have recommended this album. Yeah. And then you played for me some of those songs off the new album, and I was like, yeah, you should have recommended that. <laughs> Uh, but no, no, I jest. But I'm serious also. <laughs> um, this this album was a huge hit, critically and commercially. Like it did mm-hmm. well. People loved it. Um, obviously, it got a Grammy nominee. That's pretty big. Yep. Um, regardless of what you think about the Grammys, um, it's not. Well, I'll, I'll say what my feelings about the album later. But this album is hard to kind of classify them. They're like a America Americana mm-hmm. adult alternative rock. Yeah, I would say Easy like... listening rock, maybe. I don't know what you would call it. I would say probably Americana, but not in like the folk way. Yeah, not like folky. Like in the uh, kind of almost electronic rock in a way. Like their their sounds aren't normal. And yeah. he doesn't sing in the normal register that you're no, he used doesn't. to hearing. He, doesn't. he has a very low voice. And they don't do big melodies. Um, like when I think of the national... I think it sounds incomplete because I keep thinking of the national anthem. And I'll tell you one <laughs> thing they don't have is anthems. No, they do uh, not. They, like, they're not pop. They're, like, they're con- not poppy at it's, all. It's a very contemplative sound. Yes. Like, uh, very, and like, I am going to say contemplative a lot when okay. I review this album. I wrote that down a ton of times. Okay. <laughs> I know how to spell that word very well. At least I hope. Um, but yeah, it's not what I would call catchy. No. Uh, even though there are catchy I elements, think it's catchy. there are catchy elements, but I would say it's not traditionally it's or not, mainstream defined it's not as like catchy. Pop. It's not yeah. pop catchy. So, having said that, let's dive into the first song, which is called "I Should Live in Salt." I should live in salt for leaving you. That's correct. Yoo-hoo. I gave this a rating of three out of five. Okay. Uh, it's interesting because it's in a weird meter. Mm-hmm. Um, so you may look at the the whole meter and say mm-hmm. it's in seven four, but it's actually probably like broken Split down up. into a meter of three four and then one of four four. Yeah. Um. So if you're listening on, you can't really say one two three four one two three four. It's broken up by like one two three one two three four one two three one two three four. Mm-hmm. So if you're not really paying attention, it might throw you off a little bit. And then when you listen to it, you're like, oh, this is weird. Well, you could say seven four, but it's just. Yeah. Three plus four instead of four plus three. Yeah. I think the majority of their songs are in four or four. There's a couple that are in three, four, or some type of triple meter, but uh, this one to have as your first song in a weird meter is kind of an interesting choice. Um, I thought this song was more upbeat than a lot of the songs to come. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they placed it first. Could be. Uh, it could be. Um, but who knows? Uh, either way, I think it's a good intro to their sound in general. Uh, gets you a little used to it, the, the sound of the music and his you voice. Used to his voice, yeah. Yeah, he's he it sings in his off, lower register a lot. How, lo- how low does it start? It's like when I think of you in the city. <laughs> <laughs> you should know me better than that. Yeah. Oh. 
something like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what the song is about? Um, it seems like it's about a relationship. It's about a relationship, but not with a lady, which oh. which you might be led to think if you listen to the lyrics. Yeah. Um, more specifically, it's about a falling out that the lead singer Matt had with his brother Tom. Oh. Um, I guess, uh, and they've talked about this, so I'm not speculating too much. I think it's 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 been documented that his brother was a little less successful in trying to do a film career and was having some struggles. So they brought him in as like a roadie. Um, oh, and then really? Things were just, they had to end up firing him. Ooh. Uh, and so that's why I should live in salt for leaving you behind. Or leaving you. Yeah. So that's, that's what it means. I mean, living in salt could be a biblical reference. Could be like yeah. a salt, like, like the salt to destroy, like after they burned Sodom and Gomorrah, it was a yeah, they were like, salt. And then that one lady turned back and she turned into salt or whatever. Yeah, so it could be that. Who knows? Um, I don't know how religious they are. It's hard to tell from their music or how um, not religious I don't, they are. I don't think they're religious. But they, don't, they don't talk about it, so it's hard to say for sure. Well, they not. talk about it in one of these songs, I think. Maybe that was it. I don't know. Um, I don't remember seeing it. Not to say that I didn't see it. Uh, but let's move on, shall we? We shall. Let's move on to track number two, which is called Demons. I also gave this a rating of three out of five. Nice. I like this song a lot. Yeah. Um, this is true to their sound again. Mid-tempo, and it drags along a little bit. Uh, There's one part where he jumps the octave he all does. the way to a normal re- register. <laughs> he does, because the whole song has a crescendo, yeah. which they do a lot. They start yeah. in the lower register, strip back, and then they build instrumentation, they build volume, and then he'll kind of go a little bit higher into his register. Yeah. Not always, but that seems to be, I don't want to say a formula, but it seems to be what he likes to Their do. Their general form, yeah. Yeah. I don't like to say formulas for bands, because it, it it's not a word that I like to... A tribute to, a tribute to music. creativeness and music, even though it, yeah, even though you can say that there is definitely a formula. Yeah. We all have formula structure. Structure is a better word. Yeah. To a song. Um, this song, I think, is about him keeping like his awkwardness, because he says like awkwardness or his doubts and insecurities to himself, and kind of being sad. Yeah. Um, like the chorus is like telling me he's gonna like take his deep his demons and and keep them down or whatever. So I stay down with my, with my demons. demons. I stay, stay down. down. With my and he does sing that low until later on. And then he goes, I stay down with... But before it's like, I stay down with my demons. <laughs> <laughs> he sings so low. I know, it's ridiculous. Well, let's move on to a better song. Okay. <laughs> this song is called Don't Swallow the Cap. Oh, I love that song. I gave this a rating of 4 to 5, and it's my honorable mention. Honorable mention. Um, there are some good references to bands in here. There is good references to bands, and I actually quite appreciated that. Yeah. Um, it's In the chorus, he says, uh, put on Let It Be, the yeah. album by the Beatles. Um, and he also says, uh, or you could put on Nevermind, yeah. which is the Nirvana, Nirvana album that yeah. you had referenced. Yeah. Um, but either way, this picks up the speed finally, I think, mm-hmm. uh, from the past songs. Not a fast song, uh, but definitely faster than the other ones. Um, I mean, it still kind of fits their sound a lot. And I'm going to say this later. Even though you have a fast song, it's not energetic. None yeah. of their fast songs are energetic, it's very, which is a strange feel for yeah. me. And least. I think I feel like that's due to his voice almost. I, I definitely think it's that. And it's also due to a lot of the times when he's like singing a melody, he stays on one note for a long time sometimes. He does. I'm not entirely sure what this song's about. I think it could be about like being sad and alone. I read it. I, at first, whenever I listened to it, I thought it was about drugs. I don't um, think it is. But there are other read, songs that are. But then I read on, I think it was on Lyric Genius, that it said it was about uh, like being depressed and like mm-hmm. trying not to have to take antidepressants. I could see that. Like a lot of the situations in like the lyrics in this song are like 
situations that someone would be in and they'd be like worried about what they're going to do. Yeah. So like, I think I mean, one there are of definitely tongues to come that have much more explicit drug, drug references. Yeah. Or are a little bit more clear than this one. Yeah. And when, when I was thinking of like they on lyric genius, they talk about the title. Don't swallow the cap. And he just said he liked the way that that sentence sounded. Really? Uh, he said it doesn't really mean anything. Mm. He's like, like it just sounded good when I was coming up with words. Mm. Um, but he does reference Tennessee Williams, who was a playwright. Yeah. Um, from way back in the day, and Tennessee Williams died by swallowing the cap of something and choking on it. Oh, like really? Like the cap of like a, like a tube of glue or something like that. It was really odd. Huh. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's what he was referencing at all or whatever. Um, but I thought this was a good a good change of pace song wise. Yeah, there's like a nice driving bass guitar like but not always are the fastest songs the best even though i love fastest songs better let's slow it down into a better song shall we oh track number four is called fireproof and they gave i gave this 4.5 out of five that's a great song uh it is a good it's a really really good song fireproof and this starts off with some breaks you really i don't want to say angelic but really pleasant sounding arpeggios Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like definitely on a guitar maybe echoed on a piano it's hard to say for sure if, if they're doubled or not I think they are um, but it's pretty stripped back in mm-hmm. like minor sounding song very contemplative very contemplative um, what's he saying about when he talks about fireproof he's talking I think about a relationship and a, probably about a girl uh, and talking about how she's fireproof which means she's like vo- invulnerable or she's invulnerable, invincible yeah. to pain or she like Nothing hurts her, yeah. But it's all a facade. It's all kind of fake. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's trying to like say that you're fireproof. Like nothing, nothing um, breaks your nothing heart. breaks your heart. Uh, you're fireproof. It's just the way you are. So he's kind of saying that like it's a good thing. Um, well, he's saying it like it's a bad thing actually. I think because he talks about later how it's like crying. It's like at nighttime and stuff, and how it's kind of like a, a farce. Mm-hmm. But one of the last lines in the song is like, "I wish I was that way." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and earlier in the song, he talks about how you never tell me your secrets. I've told you all of mine or something. Yeah. So it's all kind of real interesting references to, to the girl being very emotionally invincible where he's not. Yeah. Now that's either a good or bad thing. It's hard. You can interpret it a couple different ways by listening yeah, to the song. Yeah, I feel it's, like a lot of their songs. Open-ended. Can, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of their songs are like that. And I think he likes to write that way. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to track number five. This song's called Sea of Love. See of love. I gave this a rating of 3.5 out of 5. Oh, 3.5. Um, this seems like it's the most energetic song from the band on this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got that that drive, and again, a driving song, but it's driven by the drums. Do, do. And the drums are just constantly hitting on that snare drum. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's really driving. Um, it's not my favorite song in the world, um, but I was having some troubles with my Spotify for a little while, so I was uh, listening to this album on YouTube. Yeah. And there's a video for this song. Oh, um, really? And it's just them standing in this, like, kind of like a brick <laughs> room or, like, a, I don't know what the kind of room was, like an empty like, like, bathroom like stall empty bathroom, room, yeah. like a big empty space. And there's a drummer, and they're just kind of standing at weird angles, and there's a microphone hanging from the ceiling, and then it starts playing, and they start playing along with music. And this little boy walks in wearing a suit, playing an air guitar for the whole time, and just, just they, they go to the song, around. and then at the end of the song, he leaves. And I was like, what a weird video. <laughs> it doesn't really do anything for me. It just makes me think they're weirdos. <laughs> and then I found out 
that they're either like paying homage or doing a recreation or what's most likely a parody of a music video from this uh, a, a Russian band. I was about to say Irish. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but it's a Russian group, and I'm going to butcher this name. It's I'm going to say Zvuki Moo. <laughs> Look at the spelling here and see what you would say. Z-V-U-K? I don't know. Z-V-U-K-I-M-U? Yeah. Zvukmu. <laughs> Zvukmu. Zvukmu. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce Russian letters. Yeah, Russian is difficult. But if you look at the video side by side, it's, it's like pretty exactly spot on. It's hilarious. So that made me appreciate it a heck of a lot more. Um, the song itself, though, I think it's about an unhealthy relationship. I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, the only real thing that makes me remember this song, other than the music video, is that it has the line. Trouble will find me, yeah. which, which is where the title came from. Me. Let's move on to track number six. This song is called Heaven Faced. Heaven Faced. Maybe this is religious. I don't this know. is the religious one. No. I think I didn't really get too much. Oh no, I didn't get any religious Graceless. themes out of this. Graceless is the, Graceless. Is the religious song. Um, this song I gave a three out of five. It's slower. Um, again, it's somber sounding and, and sad sounding, and it seems to be about relationships, um, and investing in them of some sort, but. I don't really know. This song didn't do much for me at all. I kind of zoned out. Yeah. So I'm going to move on to number seven. This song is called This Is The Last Time. It's my next recommendation. I get 4.5 out of 5, and it might be my favorite off of the album. Nice. Um, the intro chords uh, kind of make it sound like it's going to be another slow song. Bum, ba-dum, bum, ba-dum, bum. Like, it's just those mm-hmm. chords by themselves. I'm like, oh, all right, another slow song. And then he's, yeah. he comes in singing. You, da, 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 da. And then he kind of goes through the chorus. And then all of a sudden, this fast drum beat comes in where it's like, and he's doing these cool things on the tom. And I get like a burst of energy myself, even though, as I say, they're not an energetic band. Mm-hmm. But it, it, every time those drums come in, I'm like, oh. It's like a little special treat. Oh, it is a special treat. It's like the Ice Queen just gave you uh, that Turkish, Turkish delight. Turkish delight. Yeah. You ever had Turkish delight? No, isn't it gross? It's, it's not gross. It's just weird. It's like these weird jelly chews covered in powdered sugar. Yeah. It's not bad. It's just. Would you like a Turkish delight? It's just not Edmund? that delightful. <laughs> Why, yes, Ice Queen, I would like a Turkish delight. Turkish delight? Oh, wow. These are great. I'll yeah. live with you These forever, Narnia. Narnia. Anyways, back to this is the last time. No, I think Tumnus, you can't have any. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Mr. Tumnus. Anyway. Um, I think this song is about a toxic relationship, uh, which is why I keep saying this is the last time. Yeah. Um, but I could be wrong. The melody is super duper catchy, at least as far as this band goes. Yeah. It's not like a wandering melody. You, da, 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 da. But it's memorable. Yeah. Uh, even though it's not like a crazy flowing oh, melody. Oh, I remember now. Yeah. However, even though I said this is my favorite song on the album, about two thirds of the way through, I lose interest because it switches into this weird like minor sounding song that switches gears hmm. he starts talking about a girl named jennifer uh jenny yeah. who he actually he taught he sang about this girl on fireproof as well uh, yeah. it's not a name that popped up out of nowhere and i think he just said he likes that name hmm. uh to fit his songs um he said in an interview that he's happily married and has been for a long time he just likes to to write about relationships because i mean relationships have ups and downs so he likes to hmm. explore interesting which is, cool. it's true 
Um, but like I said, I kind of lose interest when he Whenever changes he gears because it really it, the chords switch, the melody switches, and the whole song just does a one eighty. Yeah, uh, it makes it interesting because you don't expect it and it's new and different. But I liked the other part a lot, so yeah, oh, I just wanted more of that. Yeah, that's okay though. Let's move on to track number eight, which is called Graceless. Yep, and this is my last recommendation. Okay. I gave this also four point five out of five. It's another fast song, and again, not a high energy song. Um, that's their uh, their sound on songs like this. Mm-hmm. Fast, but not high energy. Uh, and there's going to be another one that's just kind of fits into that mold again, but I'll talk about that later. Um, this one is about the dark and depressing results of taking drugs and how it's a cycle. So this is the one where he's definitely talking about drugs. Um, I'm going to say a couple lines. I'm definitely um, taking a line, cutting a couple chunks out, and taking another line. So okay. So when I pause, that means I'm skipping a couple sentences just okay. to put these together. Uh, is there a powder to erase this? Dot, dot, dot. You can't imagine how I hate this. Dot, dot, dot. I took the medicine and I went missing. Mm-hmm. So those are spread out throughout the song, but graceless. I think is this there is... a powder to erase this? Yeah, I think this song is about religion. It could be. Um, he, one of the lines is... Uh... One of the lines he says is, I figured out how how to be faithless. He does. But I think it's more about being sad and taking drugs and then being mm. more sad. Hmm. Um, he's talking about powders to dissolve them and take yeah. take them. Yeah. Yeah, they dissolve. Um, I could be wrong, but I, that's what I really think it's about. Um, one of the, isn't one of the other lines, uh, God loves everybody, don't remind me? Or something like that. He's like, God loves everybody, don't remind me. It could be. I can't remember that line specifically, though. It could be about a mixture of both. It could be. Again, his songs are kind of difficult to nail down a specific... Is esoteric the right word? I don't really know. What the, I've heard that word, and I don't remember what it means. It means, like, not accessible to your average person, I think. It's accessible, but you can interpret it differently. Yeah. Um, they're a little they're vague, to, vague, so you can, yeah. so you can kind of attribute that to what you want it to. Yeah. Uh, the music video is pretty funny. Did you ever see it? No. It's all black and white. And it starts off with them like sleeping at a pool. And then all of a sudden, it's just them running around in suits and playing with and drinking beers. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like they go down a slip and slide. They're in a bouncy castle at the very end. At one point in time, they're playing baseball with cans of beer. Like, <laughs> like they're like hitting, hitting a beer with them. With not the, not a baseball. They're like throwing a can of beer and hitting it with a bat. Oh. <laughs> Someone's trying to catch it. It's a weird video. Funny. Because this is, a, again, a little bit more of an upbeat sounding song. Yeah. Uh, even though it's not like the upbeatiest. Yeah. And I think, if I remember correctly, the drums kind of drive this song. Like, yeah, it is a driving song. Let's move into a different song that's not driving. Okay. Track number nine is called Slipped. Slipped. I gave it 3.5 like, out of 5. I like this song a lot. It's another slow, contemplative song. Yeah. Um, slipped is stripped back. <laughs> um, it's just sad and there's potentially optimism in it. It's yeah, Again, you can kind about... of interpret it in different ways. Uh, like he seems to be lamenting a failed relationship, but also might be getting stronger in the point. Like he's talking about, like, I won't spill my guts yeah, all out. Yeah, I won't spill my guts again, yeah. yeah. So I think he's lamenting, but getting stronger. Yeah. And then he says, uh, doesn't he say like, um, but I keep coming back to where everything slipped 
Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So that, I don't know. That will not spill my. It's coming back to out. a mental state or coming back to a memory. It's hard to say for sure. Or not. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to track number ten. This song is called "I Need My Girl." I give it three point five out of five, and this might be their most popular song. Yeah, I like. Based it. on Spotify stream numbers. Oh. Um, I don't really know, uh, but it it, uh, it was at the top of their list with lots of plays. Um, this was again released as a single. I don't know. I said again. I never said that. <laughs> um, but the singer Matt Berenger said this, and um, any relation we, to we said Ramps? that. I don't think so. I'd be very surprised. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how we were just saying that his songs are vague and you can say it's about other things. This, this one is, is very specific. And yeah. here is a direct quote from him. He says, I Need My Girl is one of the most direct, earnest love songs we've ever written. I wrote it about missing my wife and daughter. It's pretty simple. It's not about any other thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very specific. Uh, it's slow, slow, very sentimental. Yeah. Um, it's not my favorite song, but I thought that was kind of nice that, like that he, he wrote it about about that. Yeah, he's just like very, very a central theme, and that's it. I need my girl. No bells and whistles. Yeah, there's some references to like specific things in the song. Mm. Talking about uh, being on tour with the uh, clubbers or whatever he called. There was some word he said for punks or something. Oh, cannonballers? Cannonballers and punks something and else. cannonballers? Something like that, yeah. Isn't this, is this a song where he says, remember when you drove the car or the van into the vines? I think that's what and it was. And then you, you got out and like started apologizing to the vines or something <laughs> yeah. like that? I liked the line where he says, um, like there are just some things I shouldn't laugh about in front of your family or something. In front of family, like in front yeah. In front of family. All context of not being used to different things cultures i guess mm-hmm. but but it's all about his his wife and daughter mm, cool moving on to track number 11 which is called humiliation i gave a song four to five uh i almost thought about recommending it but i didn't in the end it's another faster but not energetic song yeah um but it's relatively catchy for them um <laughs> the it's a major sounding song but once you hit the chorus it gets kind of minor mm-hmm. which is cool Hmm. Well, it's something a little bit different. Uh, it's different, and it, it kind of makes it interesting. It's short, and you get back to that uh, major sound again. Yeah. Um, there's a vocal melody that's like a musical motif, which isn't their thing per se. That comes in the song where he's like ah, like he does the ah mm, as well, yeah. doing that. I don't know if it was a bridge or where he did that, but that was different for them. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, interesting. They don't seem the kind of band that would do the woes or the ahs or the yahs. Right. Um, but they do in this song, and yeah. maybe one other spot in another song, but it's. You and far between. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to say for sure what it's about, but uh, it's not happy. Uh, of course, like he's under the withering under white skies of again. humiliation. Humiliation. <laughs> now let's get to the penultimate track. Okay. Pink Rabbits. I gave it three out of five. It's a piano-driven song. A little bit swingy. It's different sounding than the rest of that bit, yeah. aspect. That's definitely different sounding. Um, but it's about a failed or failing relationship, I think. Again, uh, I just kind of keep wondering, and here's the quote. Am I the one you think about when you're sitting in your faint... Fainting chair? Fainting chair, drinking pink rabbits. A uh, pink rabbit, or as it's sometimes referred to, a pink bunny, is a drink. Ah. Uh, according to some website I found, it's like I think tequila and Nesquik or something. It's weird. Ooh. Like mom's <laughs> drank it or something because oh, they always had Nesquik rabbit, for the kids. Oh, like, okay, interesting. Yeah. Um. 
Moving on to the last track, which is called Hard to Find. Uh, I gave this 3.5 out of 5. Very slow song. Very slow song. It's very fitting that they close with the slow contemplative sad song. Yeah. It's, it's a reminiscent song. He's he's kind of thinking back of a past relationship. Um, like looking for it, like trying to see the lights, but they're not quite there. Or they're far. Yeah. Um, he's talking either about a girl or the feeling of love and how it's hard to find. Like he wants to wait for it, but it's going to be hard to find. Yeah. Good way to close the album. For sure. All in all, it's a good album. I wouldn't really return to it regularly, but yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to listening to it. Yeah. Um, but I would like to listen to their other stuff. Yeah. At some point, well, like, I've listened to a couple more of their albums, and it's uh, this one was kind of unique in that it was much more contemplative. Like, some of their it's other ones, like, he still has like a low voice, but they have... Like their newer album has like way more like guitar lines and like like loud catchy guitar lines. And that wasn't very present. That in wasn't the song. very present at all in this album. Uh, so maybe that one will be a repeat eventually. Okay, I'd be down. Yeah, with the sickness. And then the sickness. in that case, I'd probably recommend at some point in time for a repeat the most recent Taking Back Sunday album. Yeah, but maybe we'll we could do a repeat of this episode. The same episode. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, looking forward to next week. Next week will be episode number 66 with repeating numbers. We have repeating uh, artists. Artists. Different um, albums, same artists. Did we announce last week what we're going to do? Um, I think we did, but I can't remember. Um, but we'll give you a refresher did. anyways. Maybe we did. Um, I told Jesse that he will be listening to the album Chuck by Sum 41. Yep. Because yep. you had initially listened to All Killer No Filler by Sum 41. Yes. And is Chuck the one that you like better? Than All Killer No Filler? Yes. All okay. Killer No Filler is more true to what made them popular, but I think Chuck's better. Okay. And you will be listening to the album Nothing Is Sound by Switchfoot. Yeah. And the album you had me listen to them was Vice, Vice Versus, Versus before, yeah. yeah. So I'm curious about that one. I've been listening to it for a few days now, and I like what I hear. Ooh. I like what I hear. He likes what he hears. It's only now that I've already told you about that album that I'm realizing I should have waited another 22 episodes to recommend this because... There's a song on this album called 88. <laughs> uh, Chuck. But that's okay. We'll let it slide. Yeah. yeah. We'll let, I'll let it slide this time, I guess. Any other final thoughts on your beer? Um, It's kind of stayed similar as it's gotten warmer. Uh, still very tasty. I like it. It still has that... Actually, that bitterness, that marmalade bitterness has kind of mellowed out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So as it's gotten warmer, it's blended a lot better. It was, it's not as pronounced as it was before. Mine seemed to get a little sweeter and a little less citrusy, but the hop is still there. Mm, nice. Yeah, so it's still really good. Nice. I'd, I'd get it again. I'm happy with it. Nice. Um, well, anything else before we sign off? Um, I don't think there's any housekeeping. Housekeeping? Yeah, well, housekeeping. As always, check out our socials. You can look us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or as Jesse would say, Instantgram. Instantgram. Just look up American Brews and Tunes. I'm sure you'll find us. Or you can go to our website, brewsandtunespodcast.com. Or send us an email. What's our email address? Um, American Brews and Tunes at gmail.com. Easy. I think. I always forget that. <laughs> I always forget to check it, too. I always forget it, too, because I don't have the login information. Wait, i got to get that to you. But that's for a different time. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, let's uh, finish our beers real quick. Sounds good. As we always say here on American Brews and Tunes, down the his hatch. Ah, good bruise. Once again, Tasty. my name is Steven Johnson. 
And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Bruce and Tunes. Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American Bruce and Tunes. Shibbity-beebity!